A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Beautiful feeling Everything's going my way. Oh, God, we're both so good at singing. <laughs> Hello, Hello babies. babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to our podcast. It's great to be back in the studio <laughs> of Lisa's house. My house. We only record once a month now, so it feels like we have so much to catch up on. And then I think back on my life for the past month and it's like, eh, not that much happened. I know. I can never think of anything to talk about. And then I, when I start writing stuff down, I'm like, oh, wait, and I have an opinion about this and this and that. Oh, yeah. I have opinions. Yeah. Op- I don't remember what they are. Opinions are things to say on mm-hmm. a podcast. I- <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, something interesting happened to me. So I did stand up on James Corden. Oh, Yeah. And that was good. Thank you. And you can watch it online. Um, if you watch the isolated YouTube clip, the vital, co- you'll hear me tell jokes about getting married and also uh, thinking Star Wars is boring. <laughs> yes. The vital context missing from me telling those jokes is that one of the guests they had on the episode right before me was Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Uh-huh. And <laughs> And current star of Star Wars. Oh, shit. <laughs> and they didn't tell me that she was going to be on. I also didn't know that that was... <laughs> I didn't listen to her interview because I was, like, preparing for my set. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until I got off stage that people were like, oh, that was ballsy. And I was like, what do you mean? They are like, because you told those jokes with Carrie Fisher's daughter right there. Uh- and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they knew I was telling those jokes and they booked me on that episode. And they taped two episodes that day. They could have put me on the other one. Oh, my God. Um, was, but it was she offended or did she care? I didn't talk to her. I never saw her. I don't think she, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it mattered, but one person on Twitter did call me a bitch. <laughs> Classic, mm-hmm. classic Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, I should find it because it was worded very funny. I got to hear the specific way in which they called you a bitch. Yeah, because it was like, it wasn't, they didn't come right out and say it. Um, oh. Well, like they did, but it was like there was quite a bit of lead up. Wow. Um, and it just ended with bitch? Uh, well, okay, wait, I'm going to find it. Okay. Hey, James Corden, like they tweeted at James Corden. Mm-hmm. I just got done watching The Late Late Show, and I'm just going to say that the comedian Emily Heller is a bitch. <laughs> she just basically insulted Star Wars. The reason I'm ticked off about this is because next month will officially be two years since we lost Carrie Fisher, and <laughs> and then the next... That's sort of unrelated. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Fisher, and uh, I don't know what the next tweet is. Um, you don't have a problem with Carrie Fisher. No. And I think she she was trying to say like uh, something about her daughter still grieving. And it's like, I didn't know that she was going to be on the show. Was it a woman who tweeted that? Yes. Great. Very cool. Very polite way of calling you a bitch, honestly. Yeah. Like very I like f- the wind up. Weirdly formal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, thanks to everyone who's bought my album. Pasta. Buy it. Yeah. Uh, I have exciting news. Lisa has the most exciting news. I did it. 
I did it. I accomplished my life dream of having you a finally horse. finally had sex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer a virgin. No, I got a horse. I'm, a, I'm so excited for you. Um, I named her Juniper. Great name. She's a Norwegian fjord. Uh, her stats are she's 12 years old and she's 13.3 hands high, uh, which is very small. <laughs> she's so cute. She's super cute. Uh, How long do horses live? Is that a weird way to ask? No, it? they live like... Uh, she will probably live like 28, 30 years. Okay. Wow. Depending. I mean, hopefully, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I don't fuck things up. I yeah. get so nervous like every time I go to the barn because I'm worried I'm going to fuck it up because <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing. How, like, what do you, what, what is there to fuck up? Like, what does it mean to own a horse and what do you have to do? Well, so she arrived at the barn and then she's basically been li- living in one place her whole life. She's had like one owner. She was born oh. in Canada and then she was imported she was in quarantine in Montana, and then she's just been living in, like, someone's backyard up in the valley uh, for the last eight years. Um, wow. Yeah, she seems like a very much loved family horse. This is, like, the least abused horse I've ever met. Really? Like, you can just touch her ears and everything. She's just, like, yeah. care. She's just she been loved on. She very cuddly. She's super affectionate. I really want to meet her. Yeah, you would love her. Um, but yeah, I just go and I, I've been trying to like get her used to her surroundings. So I've been walking her around by hand, but I'm just always worried. She's just going to like get scared and run away. And like, I don't know. Um, but today I walked her around and she ate someone's flowers off their front lawn. And (laughs) so you walk her like a dog. Yeah. Um, and then I took her into the arena and she bolted and dragged the lead rope through the mud. <laughs> She's kind of naughty and I love it. <laughs> She's got some weird quirks that um, I'm figuring out. You all, you, it's a long relationship you have ahead of you. Yeah. Very exciting. It's exciting. It was a hard choice to make, but then I just figured like, I've wanted this for 30 years uh, and yeah. I don't think I want kids. Like when people tell me I might change my mind and want kids someday. I'm like, that's like saying that I might change my mind and like suddenly get really into knitting. It's like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I don't care about it now. So yeah, <laughs> but horses I've always wanted. So um, yeah, it just feels really good to do something nice for myself. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like self-care. <laughs> yeah. I'm like when I go to the barn, I'm just living in the moment and I'm not like staring at my phone. I'm like, yeah. And I just have to be patient and like present. It's like really You're good for me. You're petting a horse. Yeah. That's really nice. It's I'm nice. very happy for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, this whole week I feel like at work I've just been slumped over like an unused marionette. And then every time someone mentions my horse, I'm like, yes. And I <laughs> spring to life and I just like talk about her until they lose interest. Um, <laughs> um, and I looked it up and I was like, are there like, ask me about my horse t-shirts. And I looked and there, I did find a couple. Um, <laughs> are they, are they cool looking? Well, no. You should just make your own. My favorite two were ask me about my horse and get comfy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> ask me to show you poetry in motion and I will show you my horse. Ugh. That seems like too complicated. It's so earnest. Like also, God. Does anyone ever ask anyone to show them poetry in motion? Um, excuse me. Could you could you show me poetry in motion? Well, have you seen my horse? Yeah. <laughs> like, they treat it like that's a question that they get asked a lot. And they're like, I've got an answer for you. Finally, my um, horse. It's so pretentious and like presumptuous and like nobody would care to ever ask you that ever. Oh, my God. Horse people are so cheesy. I love it. I love it. I, but it's like, I feel like you are carving out a new n- niche. 
yeah. in horse culture. Cool. For like alternative horse culture. That's right. You're like the... I mean, there's already like cool horse people on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and now they're finally starting to follow me back after years. And they're all really excited about my horse. horse. And it's like, I'm joining the club. Were they waiting for you to get a horse before they'd follow <laughs> you back? No. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all like cool cowboys yeah. with cool Instagram accounts. I, I love, love them. I'm so intimidated. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. That's very, very exciting. Punch chat's just going to be so lit from now on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you will always have horse stories about your horse. Yes. Um, I wish I had better questions to ask you about your horse. You'll have to meet her. I have to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've met a horse. Yeah. She's <laughs> just in Burbank. Super, right. super close. Don't yeah. stalk me if, if you, yeah, if you know where she is. <laughs> yeah. You should get one sh- a shirt that says, ask me about my horse. And then on the back it says, but if you see me in public with my horse, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm with my horse. <laughs> I do every time I go to see her, I get interrupted while working her like once or twice from people asking me questions about her or like really trying to cuddle her. Like she's so pretty. She's so pretty. And I love it and she loves it. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know what Peter goes through being married to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're his flashy show pony. Um, it's very exciting. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else has been going on in our lives that we could catch up on. What has been going on in the public? Oh my God, so much random stuff. Yeah. It's a stressful world out there. Yeah. I don't know when this is coming out, so we shouldn't talk about politics. No. Also, I don't want to talk about politics. Also, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I want to bury my head in the sand. Um, I've been just doing so many podcasts recently to promote my album and stuff yeah. that I feel like I've been telling the same stories over and over again. And it's... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, right. Not everyone listens to my podcast where I've also told these stories multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about something that I tweeted about as well, which is that there is a Looney Tunes Christmas Carol called Bah Humduck, a Looney Tunes Christmas. Is this, how old is this? Um, I think it might be new. Um, yeah, because I feel like that's the kind of thing I would have seen like a million times as a kid, but I don't remember it. I have so many problems with this. Why? Because, first of all, they have a character named Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be Bah Humbugs? Oh. And also, (laughs) Disney already has a Duck Scrooge. Yeah. Why are they inviting the comparison? Oh, I guess this came out in 2006. Huh. The genre listed is science fiction slash comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. It just feels like... Um, Wait, so who's stars in it? Like who's Daffy the- Duck. Huh. And you're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. And I guess Bugs Bunny isn't really as much of a crank, but also there are a bunch of grumpy Looney Tunes that could be it. And yeah. you could still call it Bah Humbugs, even if Bugs isn't the star of it. I just have a lot of problems with it. Um, and people are <laughs> not agreeing with me on Twitter. <laughs> and oh, so really? I'm grandstanding on the podcast where they can't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't have a hard line opinion about it. Uh, but maybe I need to look into it more. Yeah, you should look into it more. Yeah. But also, I just it just feels like an obvious missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? <laughs> uh, I'm just working from home again. And so now I am like completely losing track of all of my, all of my days. I'm so jealous. I want to be in work from home mode. Yeah. It's sweet. 
I had one week off for Thanksgiving and it was so delightful and it wasn't long enough. Yeah. I don't like working. It's hard. What did you do for Thanksgiving? <laughs> I stayed here in LA and that was like the week I got the pony. So I just spent the entire week. I went to the barn seven days in a row. It was oh my God. heaven. <laughs> did your parents come visit you? Or? No. I just like went out to Chinese food with my brother and his girlfriend. That sounds great. It was great. And then we watched that new um, Buster Scruggs, the Coen oh, Brothers yeah. movie. Which is really good, um, and I love the Coen brothers, and they have so many moments of like delight and surprise and humor in their work that I'm like, oh, this is so much better than any other Western. But the representation of natives was really bad. It was really bad. They were just straight-up savages with no other context or anything. It was like, yeah. I was like, this, this scene of them attacking is like straight out of Lonesome Dove. Like, why just repeat this old trope without adding anything or subverting anything? Also, it's like a, an anthology mm-hmm. where it's like telling a bunch of different stories. It's like you could have one of the stories be from their perspective. Yeah. All the stories were like super white male focused. Yeah. Um, Setting that aside. Which is hard to do, and I'm not asking anyone else to do it. Yeah. I did really like it. I enjoyed otherwise. it, too. Yeah, like, it I loved really it. It was really bleak and fucked up. Yeah, super and bleak. there are stories from it that are still kind of like... They're all in my the back of my mind. Yeah. Even, yeah, the second something goes nicely in them, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. Where is this headed? Um, yeah. You're, it's, it's... And Tom Waits is in there, and I didn't know it was Tom Waits until after I'd watched it, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Holy shit. When Tom Waits appeared on screen, I made a joke to Peter that was like, oh, no one told me Cal Kinane was in this. (laughs) Accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, He was really good. Yeah, the casting was was really good. I finally saw Crazy Rich Asians. I haven't seen it yet. I got a screener. Yeah, I watched the screener. It was really good. Uh, I think you'll like it. I know I'm going to love it. Yeah, you definitely are. I'm excited to see uh, A Star is Born. Oh, yeah. Because I don't understand the appeal of it at all like it just seems like such a broad kind of movie that's boring I don't it's one of those things where I'm like I know something is going to happen when I'm watching it where I start to understand what people have been talking about but it's so hard for me to picture what that is going to be I wonder if it's going to be like La La Land for me where I'm just like why why do people like this (laughs) but I don't know I'm really curious because like I watched the trailer and I was like everything about this is unappealing Oh, interesting. <laughs> we'll see. I like uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah, I like her. I hate her hair in it. Really? Yeah. Isn't her hair just like normal? Like It looks like a bad wig that's oh. like trying to look like normal. Like down to earth. Normal, humble hair. It's really interesting <laughs> to see her play like not of space robot. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard there's no like makeover sequence in the movie, which seems like a missed opportunity. I haven't seen the other stars is borns. Are there a lot Me of neither. makeover? I've never seen any them? stars is borns. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let's have a triple feature where we watch all three. Ooh, that sounds boring. It sounds so so boring. But I would do it. <laughs> I guess I would do for it for you. <laughs> wow, I'm flattered. Um, should we do um, chunch chat? Yes. It's time for Chunch Chat, a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Ben Chunch. God, I just want Martha to know that I have a horse. <laughs> so bad. I just, I don't know why. I just want, because like... You want acknowledgement of I do. your horse I, by yeah. Martha? It's like, did I get a horse just to get her attention? No, I definitely didn't. But like, 
but it would be a nice bonus. Yeah. And I feel like she would appreciate that I got a very specific breed of horse. Like Mm -hmm. I could see her being into the fjords. Did you think about her when you were making the decision? No. (laughs) Interesting. I thought about her after. I just thought, I have a horse now. That's something I have in common with Martha. Um, One of many things. One of many things? What are the other things I have in common? A dog. Oh, yeah. She has dogs. I'm sure. She has, like, Frenchies. It would be super weird if dogs were one of the animals she didn't have. I know. She has cats, too. Yeah, she really likes every animal. Yeah. You're both artists. Yeah, she is an artist. Man, those pies she made for Thanksgiving are incredible. Oh, I didn't see those. They are gorgeous. I Can I just say, I hate the Instagram algorithm. Yeah. Because it doesn't show you. They're wrong about who they think I want to see pictures from. They show me way too many things from the same, like, five people over and over again. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I like those people, but show me something. But I'm following a bunch of people for a reason. I want to see Martha Stewart's pies. Sometimes I'll see something from someone I haven't, like, seen in a while, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, like, totally forgot this person is on here. Yeah. And then I'll look, and I've missed, like, all their posts. A ton of stuff, yeah. So, come on. Okay, yeah, these pies are gorgeous. They're so beautiful. Yeah. They're really um, good. What I want to talk about was her latest post on her personal Instagram, Martha Stewart 48. Um, she is in LA and she said, Snoop Dogg and I had a long planning meeting yesterday in his mothership studio near LAX. I sat in his red massage chair. Snoop was in high spirits, if you get what I mean. Wait, I don't. Wait, explain it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you get what I mean, wink, wink. And in an ultra creative mood, fun for all Fun for all. Photos by Seen by Sharky. She she doesn't put any punctuation in there, so it's a little hard to it's read. It's a little hard to read, but you, but you get it. And then she's um, in one of the images, she's like bicycling one of those pedicab bikes, and it has a big weed leaf on the front, and she just looks so delightful. Oh, my God. Um, Does she smoke weed? I am so curious, because she hangs out with Snoop a lot, and maybe, yeah. I don't know if she partakes with him or if she's just like, aha, oh, that's so cute that he does that. Yeah. I know she likes to drink. She, yeah. she really likes to drink. I, I imagine she must smoke a little bit, but I also imagine it's probably dangerous to smoke weed when you're hanging out with Snoop Dogg because his weed's probably really strong. Yeah, but maybe she can handle it. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, that would be kind of cool if she liked weed. It would. Martha Stewart, do you like weed? It would be weird if this was the one thing you responded to from our podcast. <laughs> I wonder if any of her conservative followers got upset by this, but I don't see anything in the comments. Yeah. And some conservatives like weed. And that's not just for libs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weed is for everyone. I also think a lot of conservatives are Except in denial me. about how many people actually smoke weed. Yeah. Like. And how dangerous it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not. Like Except they would assume me. that she was joking. I don't know. I hate weed. I wish I liked it. I know. I wish you did too. Oh, well. I don't really like drinking though too. So I, I empathize. I don't like drinking lately either. It just makes me feel bad. I feel so sick the next day. I feel so sick the next day. I get a headache immediately. Yeah. It's, it's like, only fun if I'm pretty drunk. Yeah. I like a little bit of wine sometimes with my yeah. family because that's fun. But then I get a headache and I'm like, it wasn't worth it. I know. It's never worth it for yeah. me anymore. Well, getting older, guys. <laughs> getting older. Does that conclude Chench Chat? It does. That concludes Chench Chat. It's time for One on Fun.
Emily, what was your favorite movie of 2018? Oh, great question. I only saw three movies in the theater this year. Yeah, I didn't see very many. Mm-mm. Um, I, oh God, that's hard to say. I really like, can you ever forgive me? My sister's movie. Oh, I still need to see that. It's really good. Yes. Um, but I also. Are I they going to send out screeners? I'm sure they will. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I hate to leave my house. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Melissa McCarthy wants that Oscar. Yes, baby. Um, Richard E. Grant should have an Oscar just for being Richard E. Grant. <laughs> he's very, he's very good in it. Have I talked about how much I love him on this podcast before? I don't know if you I'm have. sure I have. I love him so much. My dad talks about him on Facebook like they're really good friends. I want him to he be talk, my he friend. He says like Richard is going to, you know, be at this event and it's like you're you Richie. met him at a party. With, oh my god, is he nice? I like I think he is, but I think he's also like nice to my parents because my sister directed him in that movie. Yeah. Um well, I can't th- what was your favorite movie of 2018? Um I still need to see Sorry to Bother You. Oh, I like Sorry to Bother You. Crazy Rich Asians. I really really liked the new Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> oh, really? I <laughs> it didn't was see so it. So good. Oh, I loved it. Um, um I don't know if it was the best, but like as far as helicopters go, <laughs> like definitely number 1. Um, <laughs> I um I don't really like superhero movies, but Black Panther was good. Oh, Black Panther was good, but did that come out this year? That yeah. came out last year, didn't it? Did it? Wait. I think I saw it this year. Am I totally insane? No, yeah, it did come out this year. Yeah, Black this year Panther was, was great. This year was long. Like there was some a lot of stuff happened this year. Yeah, but the animated category wasn't great this year. Yeah, what's in there? Like I was looking at a list of like front runners for the Oscars and the um the the list of like contenders for the animated was um I don't think I saw any animated was not yeah it was I don't really like, like animation just kidding <laughs> it's not for me um animated feature okay so the options are like Incredibles two no I didn't see it Isle of Dogs didn't see it Ralph breaks the internet I want to see Isle of Dogs but I'm worried I'm like I don't think I'm gonna like I it. don't think I'm gonna like it it's one of those things where I'm like I I watched the previews I don't think it looked I would a little like boring it. and also it doesn't. It's another one of those movies where you're like, cool, every dog who means something is a man, even though dogs are very often female. <laughs> I hate that so many of my like favorite directors who inspired me the most have that just white male perspective. And there is just like- Just this set, like centering of male stories, even when it's totally unnecessary for the story, where it's like you could very easily make these dogs- Female. It's like, sure, you're, you're going to write what you know and write from your own perspective, but I just feel like they don't care. It's about- a dog. You're, that's not your perspective. I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel they like don't care. They don't yeah. care about women that much. Um, uh. Yeah. Small foot. But yeah, I, I think of all of the animated movies this year, I only saw Incredibles 2. And How was it? It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> it was an Incredibles movie. They're vaguely like libertarian. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> um, I don't like animated movies that much for the most part. Interesting. The new Lion King. Ugh. I'm excited to see it. I guess I will see it. I just, it looks so, it looks like just shot for shot like the animation, the, the old animated one. It's yeah. kind of weird. I just don't really understand. I'm sure there will be differences, but. Yeah. Um, 
I have to ask you a question now. Oh, right. Yeah. I, you almost forgot and we could have moved on. I but, know. Um, Lisa. Yes? If you could do a voice in any like Disney remake of an old animated movie, what would it be? <gasps> I would be the snake in Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really fun. Is that this? He like kisses the the king's rings and like sucks the gems out of yes. them. Yes. I love that snake so much. Yeah. That snake is cool. I love snakes. They're so stupid. That's a good answer. And you had it right away. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm impressed. I surprised myself. I didn't know what I was going to say. And then it just popped out. <laughs> well, that concludes one on fun. We'll be right back with wiki of the week. This is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we ma- we are married. And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. <laughs> we talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There was one... Weather? <laughs> one time Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, the song, for like 14 minutes. And it just really blew my hair back. <laughs> so check us out on MaximumFun.org It's a cool podcast with chill vibes Amber is the color of our energy Is what all the iTunes reviews say <laughs> They will now Hello, welcome to Wiki of the Week Our wiki this week is George Tirebiter Sent to us by Jason Thielbar Thank you for that Thanks uh, George Tirebiter was the nickname initially given to a dog at the University of Southern California in the 1940s, who was the unofficial mascot of the school before becoming the official mascot on October 22nd, 1947. I wanted to do this one because he seemed like a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um, I'm sure he was a very good boy. <laughs> the nickname was passed on to George Tirebiter's subsequent successors after the original Tirebiter's death in 1950. The original tire biter was a nationally known figure and beloved canine of the University of Southern California. He would lead the marching band out at home football games and once even entered in an armored car. <laughs> tire biter was kidnapped or thought to have been kidnapped multiple times by the University of Southern California's rival, UCLA. Whoop whoop. <laughs> Go Bruins. <laughs> USC student politicians for publicity and once possibly by a newspaper. The line of tire biters lasted through 1961 when the legacy of the tire biter mascots was replaced with the Traveler, the white Andalusian horse ridden by a Trojan rider at USC home football games and various other university events. Where did they get a white Andalusian horse? Where did they keep this horse? What if I just... <laughs> <laughs> now Lisa's lost interest in the, the, this Wikipedia page and now it just wants to know about that horse. <laughs> I, just, I just clicked on Traveler and now I'm just re- reading about the horse. <laughs> Focus, Lisa. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. I feel like horses are like a little bit of a mind parasite for me. Yeah. They just, like can just sort of redirect you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not in control of any of my own actions right now. Um, origins. There exists a wide range of possible stories for tire biters origin. Origin. One, origin. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to correct you, but I think it would be confusing to people to hear it pronounced that way because they would maybe not know what word it was. Origin. Sometimes I pronounce words wrong and I think 
Well, I want to blame it on my mom not having English as her native language, but maybe it's just me being weird. Um, one claims that <laughs> you a, can blame your mom. Okay, I blame my mother for everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one claims that a stray dog a stray dog was discovered by a group of USC students at Curry's ice cream parlor, and that one student remarked that the dog looked like a Navy V twelve student named George Coons. Thus, the dog was dubbed George. Okay. <laughs> Another story was that the dog was the pet of a local couple and that he was initially named Leo. When the couple split, the dog was abandoned before being adopted by a local woman, Ann Schreiber. She was supposedly a great lover of dogs who wanted to provide for the lost dog. She named him George due to the resemblance he bore to a friend of hers. It sounds like listening to like a dream someone had. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, a woman who loved dogs named him George because she knew someone named George. And, like, I guess it was the same guy, but it were, like, two different origin stories for the same. It's like, why is her loving dogs a part of that? Yeah. (laughs) Another origin story was claimed by Dan Chiavone, president of the Trojan Knights, on the occasion of a memorial ceremony honoring Tirebiter on September 21st, 1950. Chiavone claimed that Tirebiter was a canine police dog that was discarded from the program and subsequently found as a stray on USC's campus. I don't think that's how that works. However, the veracity of this account is somewhat in question due to the context of the speech and this being the singular mention of such an origin. Hmm. He received the surname Tirebiter because he would bite at the tires of cars he chased down Truesdale Parkway, which bisects the campus. Today, Truesdale is only open to foot traffic. I wonder how big he was. Like, I've looked at pictures and he looks like a little terrier, but he might have been a little bigger, especially if he was a police dog. Which he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. George Tirebiter I. The first George Tirebiter was, for a period of around six years, the unofficial mascot of USC. He was notable for chasing down passing cars and nipping at their wheels. <laughs> Sounds like a dangerous hobby. Yeah. Um, the lovable shaggy mutt quickly endeared himself to the student body. He was pampered by the fraternities and sororities in USC's Greek community, routinely being carried back and forth from campus and being fed ice cream. (laughs) That's not good. In 1947, the student body urged the student government to designate George Tirebiter as the official mascot of USC. In an elaborate celebration involving a parade of 30 cars, a marching band, and campus celebrities, George Tirebiter was crowned the official mascot of the University of Southern California on October 22, 1947. I love that. I love it. A dog parade. Shortly after his coronation as official mascot, George Tirebiter was kidnapped by UCLA students on October 30th, 1947. He was taken from USC's campus and sedated. Oh, that seems dangerous. Yeah. Then the uh, UCLA students shaved the letters UCLA into the fur on Tirebiter's back. To take the prank one step further, they took Tirebiter by the LA Times to be photographed for the paper. After this ordeal, Tirebiter was finally returned to USC in a doped and confused state. Oh, that's just cruel. That's very fucked up. Don't do that. What do you have to say for yourself, Lisa? As a UCLA proud alum. Maybe if I'd known this, I wouldn't have applied. (laughs) (laughs) Once he became the official mascot, the Trojan Knights became his handler at campus events and football games. At football games, Tirebiter would be led out onto the field with the marching band and for the length of the game, stand in front of the student rooting section. Do you think they were allowed to pet him? Like, did they take him around to get pet by people? I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) George Fruther became further endeared to the student body when he bit the University of California Los Angeles mascot Joe Bruin on the nose at a home football game and chased after Oski, <laughs> the Golden Bear mascot of, of UC Berkeley, at another home game. Do you think the dog just, like, sensed animosity towards those figures? 
I bet that the other mascots were taunting him. Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. I love that. In 1948, Tirebiter got into trouble with city health officials because of two incidents of biting people and his semi-stray semi status. The city presented an ultimatum to USC. They required that someone or some organization assume responsibility and ownership for the dog. Yeah, or where's he sleep? Or he would be turned into the pound. I'm so confused about I'm having such a hard time picturing this dog's life. I know. Where's he go at night? <laughs> yeah. In the wake of these events on September 29th, 1948, the Trojan Knights decided that they would take responsibility for tire biters' housing, food, ownership, legal liability, and transportation. About damn time. Yeah. Microchip that bitch. After assuming responsibility for the, I think this was before my I know, I know it was. <laughs> <laughs> After assuming responsibility for the dog, the Trojan Knights built a dog house on Bovard Field for him. Due to tire biters' loud barking and his proximity to classrooms, numerous professors complained about the noise and disruption he caused. <laughs> One professor actually proposed that. One student should always be on tire biter duty to pet the dog and make sure he did not disrupt class. I volunteer. I want to be on tire biter <laughs> duty always. This reminds me of this, the Coen Brothers story in Scruggs about the dog who won't stop barking. Oh, yeah. That covered wagon one, Ugh, which might be the best one. It might be the best one. It's so good. I really like the uh, one with the, the meal ticket, the, the like traveling. Oh, I hate like, that one. Upsetting. It's very upsetting. That one was too upsetting. Yeah. But I like the chicken. <laughs> um... Throughout Tirebiter's time as the unofficial and official mascot, many people attempted to describe what kind of dog Tirebiter could possibly be. The most common characterization was that he was merely a pound mutt. Other attempts, even by canine experts, had similarly underwhelming conclusions. A zoology professor described him as a sort of Airedale terrier, but conceded that it would take another 100 years of breeding to produce another George. I'll wait. <laughs> Is this what kind of dog you want to get? No, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'll have he a tire is, biter, please. He is very cute. He's very cute. He's scruffy. Yeah. Um, he looks like an old professor. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a statue of him too. Yeah. In 1949, tire biter's already surly nature began to get worse. Uh -oh. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the Trojan Knights decided to place him in the care of a local animal shelter with the hopes that he would recover. However, his condition did not improve. What condition? His surliness? Yeah. Is that, is that health concern? Uh, in early 1950, he no longer even recognized or acknowledged his caretakers. Eddie and George Pressel, former presidents of the Trojan Knights, conferred with the dean of students, Bernard L. Hyink, to, to decide on a solution. <laughs> they decided to send him to the farm of Bill Hubbard. Did they really send him to a farm? This is a good question. Uh, the farm of Bill Hubbard, a Trojan alumnus in El Centro, California, for the summer so that the dog could recover. Sadly, sometime during June 1950, Tirebiter was run over by a passing car on the farm and killed. <gasps> For the next three months, however, this news was not disseminated to the public. It was not until September 19, 1950, that Tirebiter's fate was known. A daily Trojan writer routinely asked Dan Chiavone, the president of the Trojan Knights, how's Tirebiter getting along? <laughs> Chiavone responded matter-of-factly, he's dead. This news was then <laughs> broken on September 20th, 1950 by the Daily Trojan with the full page headline, Tire Biter is Dead. <laughs> the student body then planned a memorial ceremony for Tire Biter on September 22nd. The ceremony was led by Chiavone and consisted of a parade of convertibles with black bunting, a marching band, and the student body. Upon reaching Tire Biter's cement footprints, immortalized during Tire Biter's coronation in 1947, a memorial wreath was laid and a trumpeteer played taps as the campus said farewell to its beloved oh my canine God. mascot. I love this so much. Successors. 
search for a successor. <laughs> I want this to be a movie. Yes. Mm. I mean, there's not a ton of drama. No, they could amp it up a little. Yeah. I think the kidnapping could be like, you know. Yeah, that would be a good one. The day before the memorial ceremony for Tirebiter 1, plans were already being made to find a successor of some sort for the mascot. A ballot was printed in the Daily Trojan with choices of George Jr., other animal, statue of George, or other object. Great choices. Yeah. Really. <laughs> other no. object. Who voted for that? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Nominate. I don't know. Any other object. A pair of scissors. <laughs> other object, like as the mascot, just being other object. And it just looks like a Super Mario mystery box. <laughs> Nominations of all sorts began to pour in from the student body. Through one day of voting, Delta Tau Delta's pedigreed boxer, Sully, led the voting. Behind him were the Trojan Knights' proposed successor, George Jr., who they claimed was Tirebiter One's son, and the Acacia Fraternity's bulldog, Pythagoras. In addition to these early leaders, a variety of other canines and memorials were proposed. On September 25th, 1950, Acacia decided to withdraw Pythagoras from the campaign. Drama. Why? Don, <laughs> Don Gibbs, the fraternity president, explained... We do not feel that a fraternity-owned dog would make a good mascot because of the competition between fraternities. Mm. A true mascot must have the complete backing of the entire student body in promoting school athletic spirit. Therefore, we are withdrawing Pythagoras. Wow. Wow. That's very noble. It is. Additionally, on September 25th, it was announced that Hector the horse, a spotted Palomino horse, had been entered into the race by the Trovitz, a spirit and service organization. Floyd McCann, president of the Trovitz, uh, claimed, we feel that Hector the Trojan horse is a much more dignified and appropriate symbol of SC tradition than some dog. George was a character in his own right and voluntarily adopted the Trojans, but we don't believe he can be replaced by draft methods. This quote now seems quite prescient in light of USC's adopting its iconic mascot, Traveler, in 1961. Wow. People took this very seriously. I know. On September 26th, it became a showdown between George Tirebiter II and Hector the Trojan Horse after, <laughs> after the withdrawal of Sully. The Dog Delta versus Horse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Lisa, this is a really tough This is really tough. The Delta Tau Delta Boxer. Although Hector was leading by a slim margin of 36 votes, possible financial problems with Hector were reported by the Daily Trojan. They calculated <laughs> that it would be considerably more expensive to have an equine mascot than a canine mascot. Oh, I just thought, like, maybe Hector had a gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> he would bet on the games and then it would be unethical. Yeah. This was due to Hector not being owned by USC, but rather being rented from a nearby stable. Mm. On September 28th, it was announced that George Tirebiter II would be the official successor to Tirebiter I. Yay. The final vote in the student body senate was guided by Tirebiter II's victory in the Daily Trojan student poll, 800 votes to Hector's 518. It is a remarkable increase in voting in one day that finally decided the winner. Tirebiter 2's candidacy was most likely aided by the financial questions relating to Hector's ownership and upkeep. It's true. A horse is like pretty unwieldy. It's like much easier to like bring a dog to a game yeah. than a horse. You can put a dog in a car. Yeah, you can. It's not a good idea to put a horse in a car. No. Though good I, luck. I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put my horse in my house, but she, she'd probably break stuff. Yeah, I think she would. She yeah. wouldn't really have enough room. She does have this sort of demeanor where you're like, I think I could just bring her into my living room and she'd plop on the couch, but who knows? <laughs> um, Tire Rider 2. George Tire Rider II was named the official mascot on September 28, 1950. He made his official debut at a football spirit rally for the USC-Iowa game on September 29th. 
Not a lot else about him. Yeah. He must not have been that great of a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Does he have his own Wikipedia page? It doesn't seem that he does. Did he bite tires? I I mean. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Statue. In 2006, USC unveiled a statue celebrating the mascot's memory. The life-size statue portrays George Tirebiter II, although he is often mistaken for George Tirebiter I, with a small piece of chewed tire and is located at the south end of campus on Truesdale Parkway between the Mud Hall of Philosophy and the Leventhal School of Accounting. George is facing Exposition Park and the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, the home stadium for USC Trojans football. During Troy Week, the week before the annual rivalry football game against UCLA, the Trojan Knights, with the help of USC facilities management, erect a cardinal and gold doghouse around the statue to protect him from possible (laughs) vandalism. The plaque on the statue reads, George Tirebiter was a shaggy mutt who, for a few glorious years in the 40s and 50s, became a beloved Trojan mascot. No one is quite sure when George wandered onto campus, but his feisty personality made him a student favorite as he chased cars and bit tires along University Avenue, not far from where you stand. He was taken to football games in a limousine where he led the Trojan marching band onto the field, often wearing sweaters and odd little hats. (laughs) I want to hear more about these hats. Come on, Wikipedia. (laughs) Burying the lead. Earn my donation. Um, <laughs> he once drew the cheers of thousands when he bit the mask of UCLA mascot Joe Bruin on the nose. Rumor had it there is a transcript on file showing George with a GPA of 3.2 in such courses as Chasing Cats 101 and Biting Tires 270. I would think he would do better in the Biting Tires class. <laughs> I know. Of all the great USC mascots, none had the bite of George Tirebiter. <laughs> wow. That's cute. Uh, cultural references. The protagonist of the Fire Sign Theater album, Don't Crush That Dwarf, Hand Me the Pliers, was named George Leroy Tirebiter after the dog, and that album's movie within a play, High School Madness, featured a boy named Porgy Tirebiter. I have no idea what that is. What do any of those words mean? An album play with a movie within it? This is all very (laughs) confusing. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to find pictures of Hector the horse, but I can't. <laughs> He's long been, been forgotten. Yeah. You'd think that there would be. I mean, I want a picture of the exact moment that Tirebiter bit the mask of the Bruin. Yeah. It is interesting that the Bruin, like Cal and UCLA both have bear mascots. I know. It's weird. I don't get it. I don't get the rivalry. I don't understand any of it. It's a sport thing. Yeah. And I don't care about it. I went to UC Santa Cruz, so there was never any, like, rivalry with other schools, and our mascot was a banana slug. I loved that. Yeah, which is, it was good. It's cute. Yeah. And there are banana slugs all over campus. Oh, my God. They're so cute and also gross. They're really gross. I always think about, like, I mean, I would never eat a slug, but just, like, what would happen if I did? It'd be awful. It would, like, fill my whole throat. Yeah, it would be really gross. It'd be really bad. I wonder if there's any way to eat them that isn't gross. A guy just died recently from eating a slug. What? He ate a slug and then he went into like a coma and then he has like been paralyzed for eight years and he finally died. Oh my God. Because there was like some kind of like bacteria on it or something. Oh God. Don't eat slugs. He like ate it on a dare. Yeah. Don't do it. Oh my God. I forgot to ask you about something. What was it? Did you see the big cow? I did. Is it really that big? (laughs) Well, the other cows around it are smaller than it looks in the picture, but it is a very big cow. Yeah, it's big. There was some article in the New York Times where it was like, 
it, it's really the big cow's not what you think. And then you click on it and you're like, it's basically saying that it's a steer. And it's like, okay, I knew that. And then they're like, and the other cows are pretty small. And it's like, but it's still a pretty big cow. It's a huge cow. It's a big cow. I really like the big cow. And I think it's a big cow. Oh, yeah, this article. No, Knickers is not a cow. Cows are female cattle who have had a calf. A steer is a neutered male. Like, shut up. It's still a cow. Shut up. It's a big cow. That's a cow. (laughs) It's a big cow, and I like the cow. And I think it's a very big cow. He's 2,800 pounds? That's really big. Yeah. I think, okay, I think my horse is like 900 pounds or 1,000 pounds, something like that. Yeah. Are you going to ride your horse? Yeah, I've already ridden her. Okay. I went on two test rides and then like I rode her around bareback the other day. Oh my God. And then she just stopped because she was like, why are we doing this? Like I was riding, <laughs> I was riding her in figure eights and she just was just like, she I was don't. like, what's the point? Where exactly. are we going? Exactly. When she doesn't know what the point of something is or if I'm not asking clearly, she just stops. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. What is the point? She hasn't been ridden in a few months. So she's sort of like, meh. <laughs> she has it like, turns out I like not being ridden. <laughs> yeah. She has no work ethic. <laughs> yeah. When I have to go back to work after a break, I'm like, ah. That's what she's like. Yeah. I was making her like, not to just talk about my horse constantly, but I will. I brought it up. Um, I was making her like. Trot- no, you brought it up. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue to for the rest of my life. Um, I was making her trot around the arena today and she kept turning to look at me like, seriously. <laughs> this is what you want me to do. And then she'd stop and I'd be like, keep going. And she's like, (laughs) she's very funny. (laughs) I wish you could all see my look right now. Yeah. Very expressive. Very sassy. Yeah. She's sassy. I like it. I like it too. Well, (sighs) does that conclude wiki of the week? Yes. That concludes wiki of the week. It's time now for what did I learn? What did I learn? This is a short episode. Yeah, short but sweet. Is it a short episode? Maybe it's average length. What do you think, Rob? It's average. It's average. All right. (laughs) Um, Well, let's really stretch our legs in this what did I learn section. I learned, I mean, I guess I'll just talk about my horse until Emily stops me. (laughs) (laughs) I really just, that's going to be what kind of person I am now. (laughs) Oh, that's what you learned? Oh, boy. Yeah. And I'm really just going to like, compare her to a human child. I'm sorry to all of you who have actual human children. I know it's not the same, but I'm just going to do it. I think it's more interesting that to talk about a horse than a human child. It's definitely, uh, I mean, less people have horses than have children. Uh, it's more, yeah, more it's unique. <laughs> I'm alternative. <laughs> uh, what did you learn? I learned um, that uh, George Tirebiter was a hero. (laughs) (laughs) He was a legend. And that there are, um, there is honor among fraternities. Yeah. That was surprising to me. I'm sure there was also a lot of dishonorable behavior. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was some hazing. Yeah. Some weird parties. Where some shit went down. What I like about George Tirebiter, though, is like, that's what a mascot is. It's like. Just some random dog that shows up and everyone's like, hey, look at this dog. Everyone's like, I love this freaking thing. Yeah. He becomes a mascot naturally. I like or an organic mascot. Maybe that's what I learned. I do, too. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I'll describe a couple butt pics. Okay. We have two this week. Um, there's one where she's wearing lacy, she or he or they are wearing lacy panties and uh, Niles from Frasier is in the background <laughs> with a with a cockatoo on his shoulder. Did I see this one? Um, it's, it's this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a really funny butt pic. It kind of looks like they're farting on Niles. Um, and then someone else said, I fell down the stairs. Just relieved I didn't catch it on my tailbone. Love your work. And they have a huge bruise. Yeah. Ouch. And a very good butt. A very good butt. Great butts, y'all. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> good butts. Thank you for your butts. Thank you for your work on your butts. Um, and, and thank you to everyone who bought my album. Yeah, buy pasta. Um, buy Coyote Dog Girl for your friends and loved ones for a cream bus. Yes. And Kanuka. Uh, follow us online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm at Lisa Draws. Um, thanks to our producer, Rob Para. Thanks, Rob. And goodbye. It's Janet Varney of the JV Club podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into what I like to call our adult lessons. For example, hear Emily Heller describe her time on the national circuit for the debate team, or how Travis McElroy took over his drama class and gave his fellow students notes. Yeah, that went over great. Or let Busy Phillips tell you how she met Sharon Stone at an Arizona toy fair. You can join me and all my once awkward, sometimes still awkward friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.